Chapter 7 and 8 of Commentary in the Gospel of John, Book 11, by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Rev. Thomas Randall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 7 That the fact that something is said to have been given to the Son from the Father does not rob him of God-befitting dignity, but he plainly appears to be consubstantial, and of the Father, even if he is said to receive aught. 6, 7, 8. I manifested thy name unto the men whom thou hast given me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou hast given them to me, and they have kept thy word. Now they know that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are from thee. For the words which thou hast given me I have given unto them. And they received them, and knew of a truth, that I came forth from thee, and they believed that thou didst send me. I have previously stated with reference to the passages I have just examined, not without care, if I may say so, that Christ made his prayer to the Father in the heavens, both as man and also as God. For he carefully moderates his language, so as to avoid either extreme, neither keeping it altogether within the limits of humanity, nor yet allowing it to be wholly affected by his divine glory. And none the less here also may we see the same characteristic observed. For, as being by nature God, and the express image of his unspeakable nature, he says to his Father, I manifested thy name unto the men, using the word name instead of glory for this is the usual practice in speech amongst us. Moreover, the wise Solomon wrote, A good name is more to be desired than great riches. That is, a good reputation and honor is better than the splendor and eminence which wealth confers. And God himself says, by the mouth of Isaiah, to those who have made themselves eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven's sake, let not the eunuch say, Behold, I am a dry tree. For thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my commandments, and choose the things that please me, even unto them will I give in mine house, and within my walls, a place and a name better than of sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name. And no man ought to imagine, I think, if he be wise, that the honor with which God will requite them will be paid out in bare names and titles to those who, with noble and virtuous aspirations, have wrestled with worldly pleasure, and have mortified their members which are upon the earth, and regarded only those things which are not displeasing to the divine law. Rather, he uses the word name instead of glory, for they who reign with Christ will be enviable and worthy all admiration. The Saviour therefore plainly declares that he has manifested the name of God the Father, that is, he has established his glory throughout the whole world. And how? Clearly by the manifestation of himself through his exceeding great works. For the Father is glorified in the Son as in an image and type of his own form, for in the lineaments of that which is modelled, the beauty of the model is always clearly seen. The only begotten, then, has manifested himself, being in his essence wisdom and life, 
architect and creator of the universe superior to death and corruption holy blameless compassionate sacred pure hereby all men know that he that begat him is even as he is for he cannot be different in nature from his offspring he showed himself therefore as in an image and type of his own form in the glory of the sun such was indeed the language concerning him among the men of old time but now has he manifested himself to our very sight and that which we see with our eyes is more convincing than any words i think indeed that what we have here stated is not irrelevant we must now however tread another path that is enter on another line of speculation for the son manifested the father's name clearly by bringing us to the knowledge and perfect apprehension not of the fact that he is god alone for this message was conveyed to us before his coming by the inspired scripture but that besides being god in truth he is also father in no spurious sense having in himself and proceeding from himself his own offspring co-equal and co-eternal with his own nature for he did not beget in time the creator of the ages and god's name of father is in some sort greater than the name god itself for the one is symbolical only of his majesty while the other is explanatory of the essential attribute of his person for when a man speaks of god he indicates the sovereign of the universe but when he utters the name of father he touches on the definition of his individuality for he manifests the fact that he begat and christ himself gives to god the name of father as in some sense a more appropriate and truer appellation saying on one occasion not i and god but i and the father are one and on another occasion with reference to himself for him the father even god hath sealed and also when he bade his disciples baptize all nations he did not bid them do this in the name of god but he expressly enjoined them to do this into the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit and the inspired moses when he was explaining the origin of the world did not attribute its creation to a single person for he wrote and god said let us make man in our image after our likeness and by the words let us make and in our likeness the holy trinity is signified for the father created and called into being the universe through the son in the spirit but the men of old found such expressions hard to understand and the language obscure for the father was not individually named nor was the person of the son expressly introduced our lord jesus christ however without any concealment and with perfect freedom of speech called god his father and by naming himself son and showing that he was himself in very truth the offspring of the sovereign nature of the universe he manifested the father's name and brought us to perfect knowledge of him 
for the perfect knowledge of god and the creator of the universe standeth not in believing merely that he is god but in believing also that he is the father and the father also of a son not unaccompanied of course by the holy spirit for the bare belief that god is god suits us no better than those under the law for it does not exceed the limit of the knowledge the jews attained and just as the law when it brought in this axiom of instruction which was insufficient to sustain a life of piety in god's service perfected nothing so also the knowledge which it instilled about god was imperfect only able to restrain men from love of false gods and persuade them to worship the one true god for thou shalt have it says no other gods beside me thou shalt worship the lord thy god and him only shalt thou serve but our lord jesus christ sets better things before those who are under the law of moses and giving them instruction clearer than the commandment of the law vouchsafed them better and clearer knowledge than that of old for he has made it plain to us not merely that the originator and sovereign of the world is god but also that he is a father and facts prove this for he has set himself before us as his likeness saying he that hath seen me hath seen the father i and the father are one and this as we suppose as being god and of god by nature he saith openly in his divine character to his father but he adds at once speaking more as man whom thou hast given me out of the world thine they were and thou hast given them to me we must think that our lord says this not as though some separate and particular portion had been allotted and belonged to the dominion of the father in which the son himself had no part for he is king before the ages began as the psalmist says and eternally shares the father's rule moreover the wise evangelist john teaching us that all things belong to him and are put under his sway wrote he came unto his own and they that were his own received him not calling those his own who knew him not and were rejecting the yoke of his kingdom he spake this on this occasion from the wish to make clear to his hearers that there were some in this world who did not even so much as receive into their minds the one true god but served the creature and devils and the inventions of devils still though they knew not the creator of the world and were astray from the truth they were gods insomuch as he is lord of all as their creator for all things belong to god and there is nothing that exists over which the one god is not ruler though the creature may not know his maker for no man can maintain that the fact that some have gone astray from him can avail to deprive the creator of the world of his universal dominion but he must rather admit that all things are subjected to his rule through his having made them and brought them into being since then this is the truth even they who were fast bound by the snares of the devil and entangled in the vanities of the world belonged in fact to the living god and how were they given to the son 
for god the father consented that emmanuel should reign over them not as though he then first began his reign for he was ever lord and king as being god by nature but because having become man and ventured his life for the salvation of the world he purchased all men for himself and through himself brought them to god the father he then that of old reigneth from the beginning with his father was appointed king as a man to whom like all else the sceptre comes by gift according to the limitations of human nature for not in the same sense as that in which man is a rational being capable of thought and knowledge these things being included in his natural advantages is he also a king for while the former attributes are comprehended in the definition of his essence the latter is extraneous and additional and not among those which attach inseparably to his nature for kingly power is given and taken away from a man without affecting in any degree at all the definition of his essence the dignity of kingship therefore is thrust upon a man by god as a gift and from without for by me he says kings rule and princes reign over the earth he then that ruleth over all with the father insomuch as he was and is and will be by nature god receives power over the world according to the form and limits proper to a man and therefore he saith all things whatsoever thou hast given me are from thee for in a special and peculiar sense all things are god's and are given to us his creatures universal possession and power are most appropriate to god but to us it is most fitting to receive he bore witness however before his devout believers to what was fitting to the servant and prompted to obedience for he saith the words which thou hast given me i have given unto them and they received them and knew of a truth that i came forth from thee and they believed that thou didst send me he expressly here calls his own words the sayings of god the father because of their identity of substance and because he is god the word declaratory of his father's will just as the word which proceeds out of our own mouths and by its utterance assailing the hearing of one who stands by interprets the hidden mysteries of the heart therefore also the saying of the prophet declared concerning him his name is called messenger of great counsel for the truly great wonderful and mysterious counsel of the father is conveyed to us by the word that is in him and of him through the words he uttered as a man when he came among us and also by the knowledge and light of the spirit after his ascent into heaven for he revealeth to his saints his mysteries as paul bears witness saying if ye seek a proof of christ that speaketh in me he testified then to those who love him that they received and kept the words given him by the father and were besides satisfied that he came and was sent from god while those who were diseased with the contrary opinion were otherwise minded 
for they who neither received his words nor kept their minds open to conviction were not disposed to believe that he came from god and was sent by him moreover the jews said on one occasion if this man were from god he would not have broken the sabbath and on another we are disciples of moses we know that god hath spoken unto moses but as for this man we know not whence he is you see how they denied his mission so that they even cried in their shamelessness they knew not whence he was and that they did not admit his unspeakably high birth from everlasting i mean his proceeding from god the father diseased as they were by the great perversity of their thoughts and ready to stone him with stones merely because of his incarnation you may easily satisfy yourself if you will listen to the words of the evangelist for this cause therefore the jews sought to kill him because he not only brake the sabbath but also called god his own father making himself equal with god and what the impious jews said unto him is also recorded for a good work we stone thee not but for blasphemy because that thou being a man makest thyself god you will understand then very clearly that those who truly kept his words have believed and confessed that he manifested himself from the father for this is i think what i came forth means and that he was sent to us to tell us the commandment of the lord as is said in the psalms while they who laughed to scorn the word who was thus divine and from the father rejected the faith and plainly denied that he was god and from the father and that he came to us for our salvation and dwelt among us yet without sin justly then does he commend to god the father those who are good men and are his own and have submitted their souls to the hearing of his words and will ever hold them in remembrance that what he said may be made clear beginning from the time of his sojourn amongst us and what are his words every one therefore who shall confess me before men him will i also confess before my father which is in heaven but whosoever shall deny me before men him will i also deny before my father which is in heaven this also god the father himself long ago declared that he would do speaking by the mouth of isaiah ye are my witnesses saith the lord and the servant whom i have chosen our saviour then speaks at the same time in his character as god and in his character as man for he was at once god and man speaking in either character without reproach suiting each occasion with appropriate words as it required chapter eight that nothing which is spoken of as belonging to the father will be excluded from the kingdom of the son for both alike rule over all nine ten eleven i pray for them i pray not for the world but for those whom thou hast given me for they are thine and all things that are mine are thine and thine are mine and i am glorified in them and i am no more in the world and these are in the world and i come to thee 
he once more mediates as man the reconciler and mediator of god and men and being our truly great and all-holy high priest by his own prayers he appeases the anger of his father sacrificing himself for us for he is the sacrifice and is himself our priest himself our mediator himself a blameless victim the true lamb which taketh away the sin of the world the mosaic ceremonial was then as it were a type and transparent shadowing forth of the mediation of christ shone forth in the last times and the high priest of the law indicated in his own person that priest who is above the law for the things of the law are shadows of the truth for the inspired moses and with him the eminent aaron continually intervened between god and the assembly of the people at one time deprecating god's anger for the transgressions of the people of israel and inviting mercy from above upon them when they were faint at another praying and blessing the people and ordering sacrifices according to the law and offerings of gifts besides in their appointed order sometimes for sins and sometimes thank-offerings for the benefits they felt that they had received from god but christ who manifested himself in the last times above the types and figures of the law at once our high priest and mediator prays for us as man and at the same time is ever ready to cooperate with god the father who distributes good gifts to those who are worthy paul showed us this most plainly in the words grace to you and peace from god our father and the lord jesus christ he then prays for us as man and also unites in distributing good gifts to us as god for he being a holy high priest blameless and undefiled offered himself not for his own weakness as was the custom of those to whom was allotted the duty of sacrificing according to the law but rather for the salvation of our souls and that once for all because of our sin and is an advocate for us and he is the propitiation for our sins as john saith and not for ours only but also for the whole world but perhaps some one wishing to controvert what we have said will exclaim is not what the disciple says quite contrary to the saviour's words for our lord jesus christ expressly in these words repudiates the necessity of praying to god for the whole world while the wise john affirmed quite the contrary for he maintains that the saviour will be the advocate and propitiation not merely for our sins but also for the sins of the whole world it is not hard to find the solution to this difficulty or to say how the disciple may be seen to be in accord with his master's saying for the blessed john as he was a jew and of the jews that some might not perhaps think that our lord was merely an advocate for the israelites and not in any sense for the rest of the nations scattered over the whole world though destined to distinguish themselves by faith on him and to be shortly called to knowledge of salvation through christ is perforce impelled to declare that our lord will not only be the propitiation for the race of israel but also for the whole world that is those of every nation and kindred 
who shall be called through faith to righteousness and sanctification our lord christ distinguishes from his own those who were otherwise minded and who have chosen to insult him by stubborn disobedience and referring to those who are prone to listen to his divine commands and who have already submitted as it were the necks of the hearts and well-nigh bound round them the yoke of submission to god said that for them only it was most fitting for him to pray for to those only whose mediator and high priest he is he thought it meet to bring the blessings of his mediation to those i mean who he says were given to himself but were the fathers as there is no other way of fellowship with god save by the son and he will himself teach you this in the words no one cometh unto the father but by me for observe how the father when he gave to his son those of whom he speaks won them over to himself and the apostle who was so conversant with the sacred writings knowing this well says god was in christ reconciling the world unto himself for when christ acted as mediator and received those who come to him by faith and brought them aright through himself to the father the world was reconciled to god therefore also the prophet isaiah taught us in anticipation to choose peace with god in christ let us have peace with him let us who are in the way have peace for if we banish from our hearts whatsoever estrangeth us from the love of christ i mean the base lasciviousness which hankers after sinful pleasure and is ever inclined to the delights of the world and is besides the mother and nurse of all vice and leads us widely astray we shall become united in fellowship with christ and shall make peace with god being joined to the father himself through the son inasmuch as we receive in ourselves the word that was begotten of him and cry out in the spirit abba father those then who have been given to christ are the fathers but are not therefore removed from christ for god the father reigneth with him and through him ruleth over his own for the holy and consubstantial trinity share the same kingdom and their universal dominion is one and the same and whatever is the son's will be subject to the glory of the son and the father and also whatsoever is said to be under the rule of the father over that the son will surely hold sway and therefore he saith and all mine are thine and thine are mine for as in them perfect identity of nature is visible and evident the opinion held about their majesty is not various and does not attribute anything individually to one apart from the other but considers one and the same glory identical in every respect to attach to both for he that is by right of his nature the heir of his father's divine dignities will clearly have all that the father hath and will also show that his father hath all that he himself hath for either naturally reveals the other in himself and the son is seen in the father and the father also in the son 
this kind of instruction the inspired writings gave us in the mystery when then universal dominion is one of the dignities of the father it will belong also to the son for he is the express image of his person and can endure no shadow of unlikeness or variance at all he declares that he has been glorified in them showing that his prayer for them is as it were a recompense well deserved what then is his request and why does he endeavour to obtain god's favour for his followers i am no more in the world he says and these are in the world and i come to thee for while he yet lived in converse with his holy apostles in the flesh upon earth the consolation of his visible presence was ever with them in their daily path as it were to give instant succour to those in peril and they were therefore sustained in courage for the mind of man is readier to rely upon the things that are seen than things that are unseen for encouragement or pleasure when we say this we are far from asserting that the lord is powerless to save if he be not visibly present for any one who thought this would rightly be convicted of folly for jesus christ is the same yesterday and to-day yea and for ever but he knew that his disciples were very faint at heart left desolate as it were on the earth with the world raging round them like fierce billows and ever ready to beleaguer with intolerable terrors and imminent and great dangers those who persist in bearing god's tidings to the uninitiated since then he says i come to thee for i shall soon ascend to sit on the throne of god the father and reign with him and these will remain the while in the world i pray for them for thou gavest them me and as thine and mine now i rightly care for them and i am glorified in them for all things whatsoever thou hast given me are thine and thine are mine and the saying is true for those in the world who have been given to christ and are on that account the fathers have not therefore disavowed the duty of praising him through whom they were united to god the father and having been brought to him will remain none the less his for he hath all things in common with the father together with his inherent godhead and power for there is one god in us who is worshipped in the holy and consubstantial trinity and we all of us belong to the one true god being subject as servants to the holy and consubstantial trinity End of chapter eight